I'm going to have Brother Nathan come around now, and he's going to introduce us uh, to one of our missionaries tonight, and, uh, and this brother is going to share their ministry. And then I am going to come back around after that and uh, share a little bit with him and with his wife, and then we'll just move forward with the evening that way. Amen. What another joy and privilege it is to be back with you tonight, and it is my joy and privilege to introduce to you the first missionary of the conference. That's Brother Caleb Ballou. Had the privilege uh, of coming into contact with him through his brother-in-law, who happens to be a pastor. And uh, I was joking around with his with his pastor. I said, "Hey, you ought to consider joining Macedonia." He said, "No, Brother Saunders, but you need to call my brother-in-law." And that's typically how it starts. We just start asking questions and. And we come in contact with individuals. And when a pastor gives his recommendation of an individual, that speaks very highly of the individual. And so it is my privilege to introduce to you Brother Caleb Ballou. And they are missionaries going to the state of Idaho. Come on, brother. Amen. Thank you, Brother Nathan. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to be here. Sure to appreciate it. Got a video I want to show to you, and uh, then I'll come back and say a few things. But if you'll go ahead and start that video now, that'd be a blessing. We are the Ballou family, sent out of Faith Baptist Church in Stanton, Virginia. Our pastor is Brother Eric Brown. We are with Macedonia World Baptist Missions, going to the state of Idaho as church planters. Idaho is over 83,000 square miles. There are 2 million people and only about 25 fundamental independent Baptist churches in the state. That means that for each church, there are over 75,000 people. God has called us to plant churches in the state of Idaho, beginning with Ponderay, a city of 1,300 people. Located only two miles from the Bonner County seat of Sandpoint, with a population of 9,000, the combined population of over 10,000 people make this one of the more populated areas of North Idaho. However, there are no fundamental Baptist churches within a 45-minute drive. Please pray with us that God would help us to quickly get to Ponderay so we can begin preaching the gospel to those who have not heard. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. God has called our family into the harvest of the state of Idaho. Would you please prayerfully consider partnering with us on a monthly basis to help us get the gospel to the state of Idaho? Thank you so much. Get my family to stand. I'll introduce them to you. 
real quick. My wife, Tracy. We have Alex, Isaiah, Elijah. My daughter, Maddie, has been abducted by the Saunders for the night. <laughs> so we'll see about getting her back later. I do thank the Lord for the opportunity that we have to be able to serve him together as a family, to be able to travel. Brother Nathan talked about uh, how that uh, how that he owns property in a place called Walmart in the parking lot. We own the same property most of the time. Uh, we we sold our house back the first of the year, moved full time into into our fifth wheel, and uh, been been traveling all over the country and yet now since really about November I guess we moved into the camper. Pray pray for us if you would please. Our truck is down right now. Uh, we're going to end up having to get a different truck. So pray the Lord would. Uh, see would see fit to uh, provide the funds and everything that's going to be needed for that. But I want to tell you a little bit about how that God God got us to the place that we're in missions, and then I'll be out of the way. Back at the end of 2020, God had begun dealing with my heart. I knew he was getting ready to do something in ministry. I just didn't know what it was. Begin to pray, talk to my pastor, talk to some other men about, uh, about it, and just, just pray and seeking God's face. And come into the beginning of 2021, January 28th, my pastor was in morning revival services at our home church. My pastor quoted a verse out of Matthew 14, 22. The Bible said straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. He quoted that verse, the middle portion jumped out in my heart, and God said, you've asked me what I want you to do for me. I want you to go to the other side of your country for me. Surrendered that, that morning to the will of God for my life, for my family's life, and we begin to pray, now, God, where on the other side of our country do you want us to go? There, that's a very large place. You, you cross the, I, I grew up up around the Dalton, Georgia area. So for a country boy from the hills of northwest Georgia, you cross the Mississippi River, you're on the other side of the country. So I'm wondering, God, where in the world, between the Mississippi and the Pacific or out into the Pacific or wherever, where do you want us to be? We begin to pray, seek his face. He's led our hearts to the state of Idaho. You heard a while ago, 83,000 square miles, 2 million people, 25 fundamental, independent, Bible-preaching, Baptist churches. I base that on two things. They preach the King James Bible. They don't, they don't preach salvation wrong. They don't preach Calvinism or anything like that. They just preach salvation in the Bible. 25 is all that you come up with. People are dying and going to hell on a daily basis because they don't have somebody to tell them the truth of the word of God. So then we were praying, God, you, you've showed us the other side of the country. You've showed us Idaho. Now where in Idaho do you want us to be? Back in June of this year, we went into the north part of Idaho, and we began to look there on a survey trip. We were praying. We drove through Ponderay. We had went to a, we had went to a little festival, fair, whatever, there in Ponderay, and as we left, left with a verse on my heart out of Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 15. Bible said, said there, Then I came to them of the captivity at Tel Aviv that dwelt by the river Chebar, and I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. I hadn't spent seven days there, but I'd spent a number of hours there. And in that fair, we had went up for the, for the very specific reason of kind of seeing the people. And I left the town with that, with that middle portion of that verse. I sat where they sat. And God said, you've sat where they've sat. You've watched them. You've seen them. You've seen the people. We had spent some time in the area, and we had seen the people. We had seen all the, all the hardness of the people. Begin to pray. Got back to the house, and as, as, we began, as, as I was there, I opened the Bible up and began to read the rest of that chapter. Verse 17, the Bible says, Son of man, I have commanded thee. Or, uh, excuse me, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. God said, you've sat where they've sat. You've seen the hardness. You've felt the coldness. You've seen the things that go on there. You've heard how that the place is known as Little San Francisco because of all of the wickedness that goes on. The, the, the things that go on in San Francisco go on there. I've been told it's a hard place. It's a place full of hippies and people that don't need God, don't want God, don't need you, don't want you. God said, I've made you a watchman to them. I want you to give them warning from me. That's our heart's desire, is to be able to get there to Ponderay, to be able to tell them the truth of the word of God what it means to be saved. 
Somebody asked me recently, said, what are you going to do if you're there for three years, five years, and you don't see anybody saved? That's up to God. That's between God and those people. All I know, all our family knows, God's told us to go. He's told us to warn. We go praying and trusting that God will do a work in their heart that only he can do. Pastor, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Microphone's right here. So, uh, you guys have been on deputation since uh, since May of last year. May of last year, yes, and full time deputation you said since, since August. Since August of, of last, last year. year. Yes, sir. And you are how far along on your support? About 28, 29 percent. 28 or 29 percent. Yes, sir. And you need what percentage to go? Uh, at least 90, 95 percent. Prefer to be to be at 100 before we get out there, but we could finish raising five or 10 percent there. And you, you shared with me yesterday a projected date yes, that, sir. that you have in your heart. What is that? Hopefully by the end of next year. And again, by the end of next year, I mean about this time of the year because before long, snow will start setting in and it'll be there until the spring thaw. Okay. All right. So you've heard, uh, you've heard their, their ministry and uh, their need and their desire. And so I want you to uh, pray for them. We have a gift for you. Um, uh, this, is, this is for your family. And um, I, you have to deal with me here just for a minute. So just a quick update for you. Uh, that If you're not completely aware, uh, we support 30 missionaries right now. And our monthly support is $100 a month. Uh, we have very few stateside missionaries. And so we have, uh, uh, the Lord's put it on our heart to pick up some of those this year. And that's why we're looking in this general area. Um, we typically pick up missionaries in conference our next conference in October. So we wanted to give you something uh, that would help you travel a little bit. So there's about 10 months worth of support there. And uh, that'll get you going. And um, hopefully you'll hear from us. And uh, so I hope that'll be a blessing yes, to sir, you. Yes, it is. Thank you, and Pastor. And we also have here, my wife is going to hand this to uh, your wife. Uh, and uh, this is a gift bag. And for the church, there's uh, uh, so you'll know what's been done here, the ladies lamps and the lff got together and and took some of our missions money there's a couple hundred dollars and gift cards in there and some candy and stuff like amen. that so you, something to help so you travel much. a little bit amen Thank all right you, god bless you god bless we you. appreciate you amen all right let's get started tonight let's open our bibles the book of john john chapter six john chapter six I will say I have thoroughly enjoyed the service already tonight. Uh, I love hearing that choir sing. Hey, man. And, uh, boy, I, preacher, I'll just be honest with you. I was looking around at the missionaries. And, uh, boy, I think it was doing everything we could just to stay in our seats. Hey, man. Uh, well, we're having a grand time tonight. And I praise the Lord for filling His presence in this place. This is a great Monday night crowd. Praise the Lord. And I'm looking for what God has for us tonight. John chapter 6, the Bible says here in verse 1, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed Him, because they saw His miracles, which He did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there He sat with His disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. 
Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, Lord, the, the choir sing and the special music. And then, dear Lord, hearing the heart, Lord, of a missionary that wants to go to Idaho. God, I pray, Lord, may you just continue to have your hand upon the Baloo family. Protect them, Lord, as they're on the road. Help them, dear Lord, to raise their support in, in, in a very quick time. And I pray, Father, may you help them, Lord, as they seek out, Lord, now just the, a building where they can start the church in and find a place, Lord, to call home. Lord, I pray, Father, may you just continue, Lord, to bless them. Lord, give them fruit, Lord, for their labor. Thank you, Father, for this church and what it stands for. Lord, may it continue to be a lighthouse to this community. And Lord, I pray may you have your hand now upon this message, upon my mouth. Fill my mouth with your words. Fill me with the Spirit of God, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. David Livingston said, The best remedy for a sick church is to put it on a missionary diet. C.T. Studd said, If Jesus Christ died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 6-7, through 7, I'll read this for you. It says, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want to preach on this thought tonight. Lord, here's my basket. Lord, here's my basket. There are three ways our English word basket is used in the Greek. Now, I wish that Dr. Deans was here tonight because he could probably pronounce the Greek word, words for me. I'm not even going to try. Okay, anybody here speak Greek? Anybody here speaks? I can't even speak English fluently. Does anybody here speak Greek fluently besides Dr. Deems? Yeah, none of us, hey man. But I, I, it is a joy to tell you that our English word basket is used three times in the Greek. Three different ways, I should say. The first way it is used to describe the basket that they put the Apostle Paul in when they let him down the wall. The basket was made of rope. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 25, Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by a wall in a basket. May I say that today, that the families here at Houston Baptist Church, you're on one end hanging on to the rope while your pastor is in the basket. He cannot do what God's called him to do if you don't do what God's called you to do. Amen. I say hang on to your preacher. Amen. Be by his side every step of the way. The second way it's used to describe a smaller wicker basket that one would carry his lunch in. In our modern day terms, we'd call it a lunch box. That's probably what this young boy had when he took his five loaves and two fishes. But then there's a third way. It is mentioned here in our text. It is the wicker basket. That, that basket at, at the end of, of this, this story as we read, where, where Christ says in verse 12, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with fragments. Those baskets in the Greek mean large baskets. Boy, that's amazing. To see where God would take something so little and turn it into something so great. I want you to see, first of all, number one, preparing to see God move. Preparing to see God move. We find it here in verse 1. The Bible starts off just by saying, And after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed Him because they saw His miracles, which He did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain. There He sat with His disciples. Now you need to understand something. Word is spreading that the Messiah is here, the Savior, the Christ. It's very evident. It is He that is performing the miracles. And I would imagine, probably between verses 1 through 3, word has spread and there's a, a lad. Now this is Alex. Alex just got to experience what a real bulldog football game is all about. Amen. If 
packed even under his dress shirt yesterday. I saw it unbuttoned and I could see some red. I said, hey, he, sh- he brought me his sweatshirt. It was a big bulldog on the front of us. Man, that's pretty cool. He said, yeah, Brother Saunders, you, did you see my T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Amen. Now, as much as Alex wants to be a man, sorry, buddy, not yet. The Bible describes him as a lad. Word has spread like crazy. But can I say something? We're, we ought, as a church, we ought to be preparing ourselves always to see God move. Always. I mean, listen, before you come to the house of God, boy, we ought to bow our heads in prayer and say, Oh, God, will you do something at Hushton Baptist Church? Lord, will you use that choir again? Lord, will you use the song leaders again? Lord, will you use the musicians again? Lord, use our preacher man when he stands behind that sacred desk. We're preparing to see God move. Not only we want to see God do something great here at Houston Baptist Church, but how many of y'all want to see God do something great within your own families? Amen? Preparing to see God move. I'd imagine that he probably came home and said, Mama, Mama, have you heard that Christ is here? Hey, that they're talking about him. And boy, he's doing great miracles. And boy, the blind are now singing. The deaf are can now hear. And the lame can walk. And mama, I want to go see him. And I hear he's going up on the mountain. And I would say probably, his mama said, Well, buddy, you got to go to bed if you want to go see him in the morning. You got to hike up that mountain early now. I'll get you up in the morning. It's going to be okay. Can I tell you something? There's some involvement that's in, that we see here in this chapter. May I say, mom and daddies, and you grandparents, you ought to be highly involved in the lives of young people right here at Houston Baptist Church. Don't take for granted that you have young people. Can I tell you something? Young people, it's the life of the church. It's an exciting thing to see. I saw a lady walk in, and she's expecting. Hallelujah, that's a great way to grow a church, amen? It's exciting to see young people in the house of God. I can't tell you, if you were to ask the missionaries that are even here tonight, I can't tell you how many churches we're in on a weekly basis and we walk in and we're the youngest guys there. People are looking at our kids going, oh, you're so cute. (laughs) Yeah, that's a scary thing. Yeah. You say, Brother Saunders, we got to have some old people in the church. Hallelujah, I say amen to that too. Yeah, they're the backbone of the church. But it is scary when you walk in, you're wondering, did I come into an old folks' home or is this the house of God? Amen. I'm I'm telling you, it's a scary thing. you got to have all the above. From the ones that are crying in the nursery to the ones that are living out the last chapters of their lives. Then you got to have the ones that cut up on the second row behind the pastor. <laughs> Amen. Now listen now. Involvement. Some mama woke that boy up and got him ready. But be, listen, that night as she laid her son down to bed, I, I wonder, I wonder if she began to cry out to God and say, Lord, Lord, will you speak to my son when he sees you tomorrow? And I imagine as she sent him on to bed, I'd imagine she began to need that dough to see there's some investment that's made. She invested her time, her talent, her treasure. Those loaves, they didn't just come out of the, they didn't just show up in the kitchen. By the way, ladies, nothing just shows up on the table. Thank God for your your labor of love. Amen. My wife did an incredible job cooking today. Oh, yes, praise God. Boy, I'm already salivating. I already ate. Amen. Listen, hey, those loaves, that mama needed that dough probably. Put that into the oven. Boy, and just, hey, the fragrance of that fresh bread moved throughout the house. Can I say something tonight? When your preacher is in his office begging God for a message, you know what he's doing? He's needing that dough. Begging God, Lord, please give me the right message, Lord, that I may give this bread of life, Lord, to my flock come tomorrow. Oh, Lord, may that fresh bread... Move that fragrance, move throughout the congregation. Lord, may they be hungry for it. I'd imagine maybe that daddy, when he found out his boy wanted to go see Christ, I wonder if he went out with that little cast net and began to cast, Lord, will you give me some fish? Lord, I don't want my family to starve. He brought some fish home. His mama 
Not only was she involved and not only was there an investment, but I believe there was some inspiration there. She was inspiring. She began to pack his lunch and get things ready. I think about Isabel Kun, a missionary to China. I believe in each generation God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is man who will not respond. May I say, may we encourage and inspire our children to dream beyond. May I say it this way, please, respectfully, as much as I love the state of Georgia, but may we, may we help and inspire our young people to dream beyond the state of Georgia. May we begin to point them to a map of the United States and say, okay, son, okay, daughter, where are you going? Where are you going to serve God with your life? There are people here in our own country that sit in darkness. May I tell you that, listen, hey, missionaries, it, 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 listen, literally, you wouldn't have to go to a third world country. The third world countries are coming to the United States of America. Puedo hablar en español. I, I can speak Spanish. Can I tell you something? I use Spanish quite a bit here in the state of Georgia. Well, I wonder who would be willing to go and reach the Hispanics here in your state. Not only they just here in Georgia, I could take you all throughout the West, right in Texas, right on the border of Mexico. Boy, there's a field wide into harvest right now. But it's going to take somebody that will inspire the younger ones to say, hey, I'm too old to go, but will you take my place? Would you be willing to go? Oh, listen, hey, I'll help you. I, I'll invest in you. I, I'll do whatever it takes. Preparing to see God move. Not only that, but I also want you to see, number two, pleasing God matters. Pleasing God matters. Notice here in verse 4, the Bible says, And the Passover of the feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Now I say, listen, not only do we, should we prepare to see God move, but pleasing God matters. In Colossians 1 and verse 10, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Listen, it pays to please God. It does. I'm telling you, it does. I think about the fact that he was little. He was a lad. You may look at yourself tonight, you look in the mirror and you go, there ain't much to this. How could God ever use someone like me? Well, I can't tell you how many adults I've heard say those words and how many young people I've heard say those words. How could God ever use somebody like me? I'm, I am, huh, I'm so excited to tell you tonight. Do you know that there is a place where you can meet all the individuals who are all a bunch of nobodies and God saved their wretched souls and made them somebody tell everybody about Him? You say, Brother Saunders, I would love to find that place. It's pretty simple. It's right there on your lap. You're looking at it in black and white. And if God can take individuals like them, God can certainly use somebody like you. You say, but Brother Saunders, I... I, I could never be like Noah. Well, why not? Noah made mistakes. And yet God used him to build the ark. Okay, well, what about Moses? I mean, God used Moses now. I mean, he took the children out of Egypt onto the land of Canaan, the, the land flowing with milk and honey. Man, God used him. He had a speech impediment. In fact, he argued with God all, all from the very beginning. I can't do this. I can't do this. And God just threw his excuse back into his face and said, well, okay, then just use Aaron. Rarely ever do you find Aaron ever talking. It's Moses. Okay, well, 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 well what about Elisha? He was a farm boy. Can I tell you something? He did the smartest thing. He kissed his possessions goodbye, kissed his position goodbye, and even kissed his mom and daddy, his parents goodbye. And he became a servant to the man of God. And was all said and done, he went from a farm boy and he was doing twice as many miracles as Elijah ever did. Mm -hmm. It's high time that somebody here at Hushton Baptist Church 
picks up the mantle and runs with it. Oh, but Brother Saunders, well, well, we saw yesterday how God used Peter. Yeah, he was a fisherman. God used him. Well, well, what about the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of God? He wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Yeah, but what was he before he got saved? He was a glorified terrorist. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. So that throws out the rest of y'all, amen? Yeah. He said, Brother Saunders, I made mistakes we all have. But God desires to use you. You know, it's going to take somebody here that says, Lord, here's my basket. Listen, preparing to see God move. Pleasing God matters. He was little. He was unnamed, unnoticed, and he was even unnumbered. He's unnamed. His name is never mentioned here. He's unnoticed. Nobody even says anything. I would imagine while Christ is saying, how are we going to feed all these people? When shall we buy bread that these may eat? I bet you that little boy was sitting off to the side with his lunchbox. You know how, you guys remember what it was like when you was a kid? Buddy, when that lion starts roaring in your stomach, it's like, I got to have food. Anybody here ever gets hangry? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, man, that's me and that's my, my youngest son, Logan. It's like two bears in the car together. I'd imagine that little boy sitting there. Boy, I mean, he's getting all hungry and everything. He's probably thinking, oh, man, this is going to be good. Mama was baking bread last night. Man, this is going to be so good. And I'd imagine as that boy opened that lunchbox and saw those five loaves and those two fishes, he's probably thinking, man, my mom and daddy love me. And about that time, the very person he'd been looking at, watching this whole time, he says, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Well, he looked down at that lunch. Just like each and every one of us. You ready? Watch this now. All y'all have seen these cards, haven't you? You ready? Lord, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, that question is asked. When shall we buy bread and how shall these eat? You know what? The lost and the dying, they'll never eat of the bread of life unless they hear it. The Bible says, how shall they hear except they be sent? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? How are they going to get there, Brother Saunders? It's a decision to be made. That little boy, he sat there with his lunchbox. I'd imagine he walks over to Philip. I'd imagine he began to pull on him. Phil's probably going, shh, I'm trying to talk to the Lord here. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. I'd imagine that boy's done giving up on Philip, so he goes over to Andrew. Simon, Peter's brother, saith unto him, Hey, I got something. I got something to give the Lord. The Bible says here, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves, two small fish, but what are they among so many? He was limited. There was a calculation that was done. Immediately, Philip ceased thinking in his brain, How are we going to feed all these people? Okay, 200 penny worth. This is about the only way we're going to do it, but it's still not sufficient enough. Then there's a count. But we got five loaves and two fishes. And then there's the comparison of the five loaves, two fishes, and Christ says, sit them down. What does the Bible say? In number about how many? 5,000. Could you imagine 5,000 people? 5,000 people. Listen, it's one thing if there were five people. I mean, I could see us splitting it up. Now, I've seen Caleb... Blue eat, and I've seen Caleb Hewitt eat. And I can tell you, between the three of us, we could definitely put away five loaves and two fishes real quick. 5,000. Can, can I tell you something about Houston Baptist Church? God does want to take the impossible and make it possible. He wants to take the unthinkable and prove Himself to you. 
He's definitely going to do it to His disciples in this passage. He wants them to see an individual that's willing to say, Lord, here's my basket. Pleasing God matters. He offered it to the Lord. Not only did He offer it to the Lord, He obeyed the Lord. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves. Could you imagine? Finally, this little boy, he is literally ushered into the presence of Christ. It is God in the flesh. And there's that precious hand of Christ. He's holding it out. That little boy's got a decision to make. Either he can hang on to that basket or he can put it in God's hands. He puts it in God's hands. That means he obeyed. He did exactly what Christ asked him to do. I wonder tonight how many of us are going to be obedient to the Lord. I think about William Borden. He said, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. I think about Hannah. Hannah prayed for a man-child. She begged God for a man-child. And when it was over with, God gave her Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And she gave him back to God. And God used him in a great way. Plus, God also gave her more children after that. I think about Ornan, the Jebusite. He said, I give it all. I think about David. David said, is there not a cause? Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. The apostle Paul, he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He obeyed the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Not only did he offer, but he also obeyed. But here's something else. He observed. Notice here in verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he watched his basket go into the hands of Almighty God, and he watched Christ cry out to his heavenly Father and blessed the food. Now listen, I've been in some third world countries. I'm here to tell you, I spent a lot of time praying over some of that food. I'm praying, Lord... You've you got to help me get it down. Amen. Now, here in the United States, it's not like that. In fact, deputation for, for the missionaries that are here tonight, listen, it's torture. It is. There's been churches we've been at that they, they, they'll have what? They'll have a big, on Sunday, they'll have a big potluck. This is how it normally goes, brother. I'll get in line, and there's ladies there, and they're, I mean, they're scooping it right onto your plate. I mean, it's mashed, homemade mashed potatoes. Then the gravy, then the sweet potato souffle, then the turkey, then the dressing. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And I eat all that. And then when I'm done with that, then one of the ladies that I went and got some banana pudding. I mean, praise God, I'm preaching good tonight. And I'm thinking, okay, I've been blessed. I can't do no more. And then one of the ladies walks over and says, Brother Nathan, you, you, got, you got her banana pudding. But you, I didn't see you get a piece of my chocolate cake. So being the good Baptist that I am, I'm not going to turn that down. Listen, hey, as missionaries, we have a saying, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow, and what you feed me, I will. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Now listen now. He watched, he watched that go from his hands into the hands of the Savior. And he observed what God did. May I tell you tonight, God observes the very, even the little things of what you do. You say, Brother Saunders, but I don't think anybody ever sees it. Nobody sees me pick up the trash that fell out of someone's car when they opened the door. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, I don't know if the security team watches the cameras here or not. I don't know. But it doesn't matter whether the security team saw you pick up someone's trash or not and threw it away. Boy, your Heavenly Father saw it. That means more to Him than anything. I wonder tonight, what is it? that may be precious to you, that you say, Lord, I need to give it to you. Lord, I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to put it, Lord, here's my basket. I want to be obedient to your voice. Number three, I want you to see this, praying as God does the miracle. Notice here in verse 10, the Bible says, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, and number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them which were set down, likewise the fishes as much as they would. I want you to see tonight, praying as God does the miracle. God isn't looking for people of great faith, but individuals ready to follow Him. That's what Hudson Taylor said. 
I will tell you that Hudson Taylor was a missionary that went to China years gone by. Hudson Taylor was a missionary that, that was kind of not your typical missionary. In fact, he didn't dress. He was from Europe. He, he did not dress like all the European missionaries. In fact, he got rid of his, I guess you could say, his European attire and went on to the Chinese attire. He did something that most Baptists would be crucified for. He grew a long black ponytail. In fact, he had to, he had to uh, dye his hair black. And then he would take baths and a tea bath to make his skin look a different color, make it look almost that yellowish-brown color. Boy, listen, he was scrutinized over and over and over again. But it was Hudson Taylor that reached China with the gospel. Can I tell you that the very missionaries you're having this week, they're willing to leave the sweet tea, banana pudding, amen. They're willing to leave their families. They're going to go out west, and they're going to plant churches in places where, well, to be honest with you, it's going to be cold. Did y'all see that picture? I had a chill go down my spine when I saw that picture, the deep snow. It snows a lot out west, I'll just tell you that. Even in Montana, our last winter there was probably the harshest. We had 36 inches fall in 48 hours. The next day I watched Logan. Logan and I, we went, we went, we had to go play in it, amen. We went out to where our, we had a big propane gas tank, you know, those big ones that sit on top. I watched Logan as he's walking. It's up to almost to his chest. He was just a little guy back then. I thought that was the coolest thing. It's been so cold where you could take a glass of hot water. From me to you, I could slush it at you. It turned into ice crystals just like that. I'm saying, I'm watching some of y'all go, nope. Not me, Brother Nathan. Nope. You want to know how long winter is out west? Typically, eight months out of the year? Listen, we had, we, listen, we had snow every month one year in Montana, and it missed it by one day. By one day. We had snow every month. I have literally seen ladies, some friends of ours, they went to the mall. And they called us up, and they were telling us, they said, we went in to the mall. They had flip-flops on. It was warm outside. Little did they know. Storm showed up, temperatures plummeted, and they had to tippy-toe at about three inches of snow back to their cars. That's life. It's life, it's life out west. You say, not me. Well, if you're not willing to go, hey, you know what? We need somebody here at Hushin Baptist. They'll say, Lord, here's my basket. It ain't me that's going out west, but I'll help those get there. Okay? Listen now. Pleasing God matters. Something else. Praying as God does the miracle. Last of all, proclaiming that God does so much. Proclaiming that God does so much. How many of y'all have seen God do something miraculous in your life? Do you hold up your hands? Oh, yes. Hey, man. Right here in the Word of God, we see that the Bible says in verse 12, when they were filled. Let me help you with what that means by when they were filled. How many of y'all ever gone to an all-you-can-eat restaurant? Hey, man. And you ate so much, some of you guys, you, I mean, you had to loosen the belt because you're dying. Yeah. You're like, man, I don't know if I can take, I can't do much more. That's what that means. It means they were filled. They were hurting so bad they had eaten so much. Christ says, okay, they're filled. And he saith unto his disciples, go gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve, remember, not these baskets, not the rope baskets that they let down Paul in, these baskets, twelve baskets full. I would say it was to prove to the 12 disciples that were there who God really is. Now, it doesn't say this in the Scripture, but it would be rather humorous if the Lord had told the disciples, okay, you know where these 12 baskets are going, right? Well, wouldn't it be something amazing if that little lad was to show back up at home and say, Mama, 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 will you come? About that time, there's a... 
Ma'am, on behalf of us 12 disciples, um, uh, we, 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 we were told to bring these here, and then they just start bringing in baskets one by one. You know how many baskets there were? Twelve. Twelve baskets. That little boy left with so little, but when he left the mountain, when he left Christ, he left with so much. I've seen God do miracles after miracle, after miracle. If I told you how our church got the property, you would see God's hand in it. If I told you what God did through a, a building, we had a metal building, 21,000 square foot metal building, brand new, still on the pallet. We got it for $25,000 cash. You know how much we, pay, you know how much we sold that thing for? $80,000. It went on to the renovation of the building that they're in now. We turned that church over the next man. They had their note burning service the month after we turned it over to them. They're debt free. You say, how is that even possible? Listen, it's God. I could share another one with you. We bought our motorhome. The tires on that motorhome, it says 2017. They're just like the big uh, uh, tractor trailers. They're tires. You're only given five years. That's it. Five years. I ran into a businessman while I was in a church in North Carolina. He says he came out, he saw our motorhome. He says, Brother Saunders, is that a diesel? I said, no, it's, it's, it's gas. He said, how much does it cost to fill the tank? I said, you mean from like empty to full? He goes, yeah. I said, well, brother, you're looking at $300. He goes, oh, okay. The next day I get a text from him. Brother Saunders, will you come out, meet me at my truck? I go over to the truck. It looked like a drug deal going down. <laughs> he hands me a wad of cash this big. I said, brother, what's this? He goes, $300. I said, brother, thank you so much. He said, brother Saunders, do you have any other financial needs? I said, well, brother, please pray with us about this. I said, we desperately need tires for the RV. I said, somebody's already provided tires for our car. We about burnt the tires off the car. We were literally down with wires sticking out of them. I said, but the RV, we're, approach, we're, we're on that five-year mark. He goes, okay. He said, just call me. He said, if you find somebody to put them on for you, call me. I said, okay. Well, I've heard this before. Sometimes that happens and sometimes it don't. I found, I mean, within days, I find a master mechanic at my brother-in-law's church that can put tires on. And, and he says, he, I called him up. I said, hey, how much are these tires going to be? He, he Googled it. He said, Brother Saunders, they're $600 to $650 each. And there's six of them. Sweat starts pouring out. Hey, man. Oh, man. He said, I'm going to call my, my, my tire rep. I'm going to see what we can do. He says, Brother Nathan, I can get them for $360 each. I said, praise God. He said, I, I said, well, how much will it cost to do brakes? He says, well, they're about $190 each, but I can get them for $75. I said, oh, you mean each? He says, no, in total. I said, well, there's only one thing left to do. I break up my cell phone, and I call that businessman. I said, brother, you and I had a conversation about two and a half weeks ago. I said, I found a guy that can put the brakes on and the tires. He said, did you find a good deal on tires? I said, yes, sir, for about $360 each. He said, and I'm waiting because there's silence on the other end of the phone. And he goes, Brother Saunders, you just tell me where to send the three grand, brother. Don't tell me that God, stopped, doesn't, that God has stopped doing miracles. Because he hasn't. He hasn't. And I'm glad to say tonight he loves me as if I was his only child. Amen. And he does the same for you. And he wants to do a miracle in your life. But you know what's going to take? Some people that say, Lord, here's my basket. Here's my basket. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As the pianist comes to the piano. I, listen, hey, I don't know what you've been struggling with. I don't know if it's doubt. I don't know if you need to increase your faith. I, I don't know what it is. It could very well be that, that faith promise card. You, you haven't figured out yet what you're going to do. It's pretty simple tonight. Why don't you come to an old-fashioned altar right now and say, Lord, in the best way I know how, Lord, here's my basket. Lord, I know it's not going to be much, but Lord, I'll give it to you. If you'll take it and you'll bless it, God will take something little and make it so great. Why don't you move to the altar right now?
piano begins to play. God's speaking to hearts tonight. It's time to move. Let's do business with God tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Let's move right now. Find a place in the Lord, I want to be obedient. God, I want, to, I want you to do something great with my life. Lord, I want you to take what I have, my time, my, my treasure, my talents. Lord, I, I, I'm putting it all in the basket tonight. Lord, here it is. It's yours for the taking. Lord, I don't want to hold nothing back from you. Lord, here it is. Could be your grandkids. Why don't you lay them upon the altar and say, Lord, they're precious to me. But Lord, I know you could use them. People are still moving to the altar. What about you? Maybe it is your talents. Maybe God's given you some incredible skills. Maybe you're a mason, a carpenter, electrician, mechanic. Oh, listen, why don't you give those things to God and say, Lord, it's all I got. But Lord, here's my basket. It's all yours. God, if you'll take it and use it. Lord, I just want to be a servant to the Most High God. Lord, if you'll allow me that privilege. Oh, I, I promise you, God will take. But we sing that song, little as much when God is in it. Give it to the Lord tonight. Your pastor is going to come and finish out this invitation. You do as the Lord leads you. tonight is a commitment would you make a commitment greatest revolution in my life short of my salvation was a simple commitment to be faithful to the house of God and I cannot describe for you in the time we have what God did with that commitment it's a commitment quite simply a commitment. She's going to play through one more time. Is there some type of commitment you need to make tonight? You can do that where you sit, but you come to the altar, you may encourage somebody else. Father, I pray you bless this time of invitation. so much for being here tonight. Thank you for your attentiveness and your attendance. And I do pray that you'll come back tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Let's finish this conference out strong. And uh, make sure you go by. Brother, why don't you go ahead and go to your table and you go ahead and go to the back, Brother Caleb. Make sure you speak to these guys, get to know them, talk to them a little bit, and uh, get information from them about what they're doing and ways in which you can pray for them and pray with them. And uh, we, we are thankful that you're here tonight. Father, I pray you'd bless our time together as we move forward this week. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.